0: Hi, guys, and welcome to another episode of Horror Nights In with your host, me, Crystal. So, tonight we will be discussing Darkness Falls. I will be giving you my honest and horrific opinion, and if this is the first time you've heard my voice, shame on you, but hello and welcome. I upload a new episode every Saturday night around 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time because I have no boyfriend or husband that I know of yet. Uh, Be sure to follow me on all my social media, um, listed below or above, depending on how you're listening to this. So before I get started on the podcast, I just wanted to shout out all the people on Twitter who told me their opinion on the most disturbing horror movies they've ever seen. So I am now totally scarred by the Serbian film and Cannibal Holocaust, Um, so if you guys missed this discussion... Um, it was a good one. Thank you. Like I said, thank you guys, everyone who responded and tweeted back. If you want to be in on the discussion, uh, be sure to follow me at Us on Twitter. Um, so yeah. Also, um, I just wanted to say that it is so freaking cold today. It actually snowed for like five minutes this morning, which I was not happy about, Um, You will come to find out that even though I am on the east coast of the United States, I freaking hate snow. I think it's pretty to look at, but I hate driving in it. It's cold. My feet get wet. I need to buy a new pair of boots. Yes, I understand. But at the same time, I was not happy about seeing the snow. It is November 10th, I believe. Let me see. Yes, it is Saturday, November 10th. Um, I should know that because my birthday is actually in three days. It is my thirtieth birthday. Um, I'm really excited about that. It's kind of weird considering I'm not going to be in my twenties anymore, but I'm also super excited about the direction that my life is in is going in. Um, also, really happy about my podcast and happy that um, I am interacting with a lot of you guys. Um, so yeah. So anyway, I I tweeted out a little tweezer. A tweezer. <laughs> I tweeted out a teaser um, about 15 minutes ago about this podcast, and one person did figure it out. Um, So, all right, let me stop talking about myself and talk about the podcast. So anyway, guys, if you've never listened to one of my podcasts before, uh, I usually start out with the Rotten Tomatoes rating, the IMBD rating. I do a quick uh, synopsis of the movie, and then I go into a very detailed description of that movie. And at the end, I add any Easter eggs or fun facts about the movie, about the actors, etc. About the movie at the end. So be sure to stick around and let's get started. So, Rotten Tomatoes gave Darkness Falls a 9% with 34% of the audience liking it. IMDb gave it a 5%. (laughs) So, not the greatest rating for this movie. But anyway, like I said in my previous podcast... I don't really go off what the critics say. It's what I like because it's my podcast and it's my opinion. Um, So, Darkness Falls was released January 24th, 2003. It was directed by Jonathan Liebsman and it was written by John Harris, John Fasano, and James Vanderbilt. It has a running time of 86 minutes and it is rated PG-13. The director of this movie also directed The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Beginning, Um, That was released in 2006, and I actually love that movie. It was pretty good. Um, So the synopsis of this horror movie is uh, a take on the Tooth Fairy, who wants revenge on a town that lynched her 150 years ago. And her only known survivor, a young man, who is now an older man, can defeat her. Uh, So before we start, I remember watching this movie with my little brother when it first came out. So I was about 15, and he was about 13, And he literally was so scared, you guys, after watching it that he could not sleep without his light on for months. Um, He's all right now, (laughs) being 28, but he'll probably never watch this movie again. And I told him I was doing Darkness Falls and I said, oh, you should you should come do the podcast with me. And he was like, I'm not watching that movie again. (laughs) So uh, he was definitely scarred by this movie. (laughs) Um, So the movie opens up. Uh, With the legend of Darkness Falls, which is actually the name of the town. And in that town lived a woman named Matilda Dixon, who all the children loved. Uh, When they would lose the tooth, they would bring her the tooth in exchange for a gold coin, which got her the name the Tooth Fairy. It goes on to explain that she lived on Lighthouse Point, and it caught fire, which left her face scarred because she was caught inside, So this in turn caused the skin of her face to be so sensitive to light that she only was able to go out at night and she would have to wear a porcelain mask so that no one saw her face. One night, two children went missing and the town blamed her, then hung her, and right before she died, she put a curse on the town. The next day, the two missing children were found safe and sound. Now it is said that when a child loses their last tooth and darkness falls, Matilda will visit them and kill any child that looks at her face. So then we're introduced to a young boy who's in a bathroom and he's reaching into his mouth and he's pulling out a tooth. Um, We also see that he has a couple cuts on his face um, under his eye. Uh, We then are with him in his bedroom in the next scene uh, that night and he puts the tooth on his dresser. And as he does, a figure flies past his window. And as he's going to see what it was, we get a jump scare from his friend Caitlin who appears in the window, opens the window, and hops into his bedroom. This actress is actually, or this character is actually played by Emily, uh, Emily Browning, who is one of my favorite actresses. I think she's so beautiful. I think she's stunning. She's very young in this film. Uh, she's probably only like 11 or 12. Um, she's a main character in Sucker Punch. I don't know if you guys remember that movie. It's an amazing movie. I'm actually probably going to watch it later because I love the movie. But anyway, um, <clears throat> They're sitting on his bed and she sees that he's still bleeding from his tooth falling out earlier. And she explains to him that because this is his last baby tooth, it's special. Um, Then there's a cute little scene, they kiss. And um, then he asks her to dance that upcoming weekend. Um, So a little little, uh, preteen love going on here. Um, She then takes the tooth and puts it under his pillow before she hops out of the window like some Billy Loomis shit. (laughs) Um, And then she says, remember, when the tooth fairy comes, don't peek. So our character then wakes up from what appears to be night terrors and he hears an odd whispering and a weird black figure is at the foot of his bed. He then obviously is freaking, you know, freaked out. Um, he lays back down, and but he continues to hear that you're whispering. I think at this point he's just trying to ignore it go back to sleep. But then he hears something or someone walking uh, closer to him. Um, he then covers himself up with his sheet and grabs his flashlight. Um, he then slowly pulls back the cover, and we see a strange hooded figure with a porcelain mask floating above him, and he screams and he shines a light in her face. His mother, awakened by his scream, slowly makes her way uh, down the hall. And we get another jump scare. And we also find out that the little boy's name is Kyle. Um, he grabs his mother's hand from a, from the very well-lit bathroom in the hallway, explaining he saw her and that he peeked. She then explains that there's no one in the house but them, um, which is going to suck. Because if the tooth fairy kills his mom, that means he has an absent father and who knows what's going to happen to him. Um, so with Kyle still in the very well-lit bathroom, um, his mother goes exploring in his bedroom. And just as is about to come out and says, see, Kyle, there's nobody here. The camera pans out and, of course, she's nabbed by the tooth fairy. Kyle, seeing this, um, flies back into the bathroom, into the tub, and he, sh- and he slams the door. Uh, The camera then pans to his bedroom window opening and his mom is dead on the floor. Um, We are then back with Kyle, who is clearly going to be traumatized after this. And the walls start shaking and the bathroom door rattles. The door then swings open by itself because the light is on. The tooth fairy cannot get in. Uh, We then get a super awesome camera angle of Kyle sitting in the bathtub before it shifts up to this creepy ass thing floating above the door frame. And it sounds like she's screaming. So it's definitely the tooth fairy. So I really liked this scene because half of his face was covered by a white curtain or white shower curtain and the entire bathroom itself is white. Um, So this was definitely there's a couple cool scenes like this throughout the movie. Um, so we then see the next scene, it's the next morning, and his mother's body is being wheeled out in a body bag into an ambulance, and the police or neighbors are outside as well. Uh, we also see Caitlin, Kyle's friend from the night before, is also there, and the police are under the assumption that Kyle killed his mother. Um, so we then fast forward 12 years later, and Caitlin is all grown up and played by uh emma caulfield ford who was in buffy the vampire slayer who i know from that show because i freaking love buffy the vampire slayer sarah michelle Gillard is my queen anyway um (laughs) we then find out that caitlin's brother michael is suffering from night terrors and is hospitalized we also see that he has same scratches on his arms and face as kyle did when he was his age he then tells his, Michael then tells his sister that he cannot be in the dark because that's when he sees her. Um, so they are, this whole scene starts with basically Caitlin and Michael in his hospital room. Um, so we then are introduced to a much older Kyle who lives in Vegas in a studio apartment with about 20 lamps And lights and flashlights. And also takes a bunch of different medications. Including antidepressants and antipsychosis. Um, He is played by Chainley Clell. Who is in Legally Blonde and NCIS. The creepy part about this guy is. Which I didn't know until I started watching this movie and doing research. He actually died back in 2007 from an apparent sleep apnea. Which I wasn't aware of, like I said, until I started the podcast. Also... Very creepy, considering the movie is based upon sleeping disorders and fears. Uh, So anyways, we see that he gets a phone call from Caitlin, and they haven't spoken since the night his mother died. She explains to an apprehensive Kyle that her brother has something called nectophobia, which is the fear of night and darkness, a.k.a. night terrors. Um, She then asks how he got over his night terrors, and before he can answer, the camera pans to a wall full of paintings of the face he saw when he was a little kid, a.k.a. the weird floating black mask that kind of looks like a Deventer with a porcelain mask. So obviously, he didn't get over his night terrors. We then see Kyle uh, is, is at the hospital where Michael is at, so we assume Caitlin convinced him to come. He goes into Michael's hospital room and starts asking him questions about his night terrors and his sleeping patterns. The light bulb in the uh, hospital room begins flickering and Kyle tightens it. So in turn, uh, Michael asks why adults aren't afraid of the dark. And Kyle explains there's nothing to be afraid of in the dark. Uh, He then gives Michael a flashlight to help him. Um, Basically saying like this helps me so it'll help you. Michael then says she won't come in the light, and Kyle questions who is she, but Michael challenges him, saying he knows who he's talking about and how Kyle has seen her too. Michael then admits sometimes he thinks about turning all the lights off to let her take him so that he isn't scared anymore and that he's going to kill him one day, or that she's going to kill him one day. Kyle, trying to tell him it won't happen, is interrupted when Caitlin uh, walks into the hospital room. Side note, where are Michael's parents? And is Caitlin actually Michael's mother? Um, He's got to be eight, and she's clearly in her mid or, or, you know, at least in her mid-twenties. So where are the parents? Um, Where are they? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just confused on that. So anyway, Kyle and Caitlin then catch up outside of Michael's room And she asks him what really happened to him when his mother died. Kyle is trying to convince Caitlin that Michael is just a kid who is having night terrors and blames the town for it. She then pulls out a file and inside are drawings similar to Kyle's of the Tooth Fairy. Um, Also, we find out that Kyle was in a foster home for a while and then his foster family moved to Vegas, which is why he lives in Vegas now. Um, and I also thought that was, uh, funny because I think Vegas is known as the city of lights, but I mean, so is Paris, but I'm pretty sure I I read somewhere that Las Vegas is the city of lights, which obviously correlates to, you know, Kyle hating darkness. So it makes sense. Um, so anyway, Caitlin has Michael's file and inside are drawings that are similar to Kyle's of the tooth fairy, which are which are the ones I explained earlier that were in his apartment or in his studio apartment in Vegas. Um, He then asks if Michael just lost his tooth, and and Caitlin explains, yes, it's his last baby tooth. But Caitlin, remembering the town's story, scoffs and asks if he still believes in the tooth fairy. Uh, Kyle then gets up and says he doesn't think he can help Michael, but before he can leave, we are introduced to Larry, and Kyle seems a little standoffish towards him. We then see that the that Caitlyn and Larry are together. Who, sorry, <clears throat> he is pushing for all of them to go to dinner, but Caitlyn refuses so she can stay with Michael. Um, he is asking if Kyle is coming back as the sun is setting. So basically, this guy Larry comes out of nowhere. Um, we can assume they all grew up together. Um, Larry seems kind of like a noodle, like kind of like a douche a little bit. Um, you guys, when I call somebody a noodle, it means they're kind of like a dorky vanilla dude. So this is definitely hilarious. Apparently Larry's a lawyer now. Um, but he basically says, so what does this mean? You're coming back now? And Kyle's like, I don't really care about this conversation. And like I said, we can see the sun is setting now. Um... Larry is pushing for them to go get a beer. Kyle says he doesn't drink. Larry's still being pushy, says, um, well, we're going to go out anyway. Uh, So we are now with Kyle and Larry at some dimly lit local bar. Kyle definitely seems on edge. And we find out that he is pretty well known throughout the town. And we can assume why, because they're all under the assumption that he killed his mother. Um, So Larry seems like a complete douche and accuses Kyle of leaving shit behind when he left town. Uh, we also pan to two guys at the bar who recognize Kyle um, as the freak who killed his mom. We also see that Kyle is totally not comfortable in the bar with the shadows and the dark corners because obviously he's probably very used to his very well-lit studio apartment in Las Vegas. Um, so Larry's pushing pushing to see what Kyle has been up to, but the tension builds when a light bulb blows and we hear the eerie whispering. We then see the two guys from the bar get up from the bar and confront Kyle as to why he's back in town. Kyle trying to defuse the situation, but one of the douchebag townies, whose name is Ray, throws a beer on him and tries to fight him. But Kyle decides not to entice it anymore and leaves the bar. It looks like he's going out like the back door of the bar. Um, We then hear a cracking sound because... um, The bar is located... It looks like it's located in, like, the middle of the woods. Um, so we hear a cracking sound from the woods but before Kyle can get to safety. He's attacked from behind by the same, uh, townie douchebag, Ray. Tumbles down a hill into darkness. And, um, Kyle then catches a glimpse of the Tooth Fairy and starts freaking out. He's able to punch the dude in the face, but not before he catches... Before Ray catches a glimpse of the Tooth Fairy and is basically just like, What the fuck is that? Um... Kyle then bounces and we're left with the douchebag saying like these are my woods like don't come back to my woods um I actually don't mind seeing douchebags die in horror movies and of course this is exactly what happens Tooth Fairy swoops down grabs him and rest in peace to Ray the douchebag um we then see in the next scene that the cops and Larry are now involved looking for Ray and Kyle uh, we then hear Ray screaming from somewhere in the woods. It's pitch black. Everyone is equipped with flashlights. Larry is freaking out. And then we see <laughs> we see Ray's body fall right on top of Larry. Ray is obviously completely dead at this point. Um, I did talk a little bit at this part. It was really funny. He was freaking out. Um, and just remember, guys, it's always nice to be nice. Don't ever be a douchebag. <laughs> um so the next scene, we are back with Caitlin at the hospital, who is researching um, on the town story of the Tooth Fairy in a book, t- in a book called Fairy Fables. Um, and in that book, it says that light will spell her doom and death and how the brightest flame engulfed her whole setting, her f- setting free her wicked soul. Uh, we then see Kyle standing in the doorframe of Michael's hospital room, clearly shaking and bleeding uh, Caitlin guides him over to the to the other bed that's in the room and starts asking him what happened in the last 12 years of his life. Michael is also sleeping somewhat next to them. Um, so that's when we find out that, uh, as I said before, Kyle was in a foster home. They moved out west to Las Vegas. And he now works in a casino. So all that makes sense, correlating with his fear of darkness. Um, he then asks Caitlin if he and Larry are seeing each other. And she doesn't really answer Because she changes the subject to Michael. Um, Kyle tells her not to let the doctors give him any more tests. Because at his age, Kyle had the same things happen to him. And it didn't do anything to help him. Um, Before the conversation can continue, though, the cops show up to question Kyle about Ray being dead. Because they assume that it's him. Uh, The cops then... uh, So now we go to the next scene. And we are at the police station. The cops ask him why he has so many flashlights and asks if he was afraid of the dark. Kyle then says, yeah, I'm afraid of the dark. Um, the cop then starts calling him out on all the medication he's on. And he basically accuses Kyle of killing Ray. Um, we then pen back to Caitlin, who is also at the police station. He's, she's talking to another cop. And he's basically saying Kyle can't be trusted and that he's dangerous. Uh, We then go back to Kyle, who is being slammed with all the things he did when he was in the mental ward when he was younger, how he uh, attempted suicide. And um, he's being bombarded uh, with crime scene photos of Ray, who I notice has the same scratches on him as Kyle did and as Michael does now. So it seems the Tooth Fairy likes to scratch you a bunch and, you know, obviously kill you. Um, So it seems to be her signature is a bunch of scratches along your neck and your face, um, so anyway, Kyle then starts having flashes of the Toothberry, his dead mother, and finally says he needs to call his lawyer. Um, so they stop questioning him and they lock Kyle up in a holding cell. And um we then see Caitlin is leaving the police station. She's having a breakdown in the car, saying she's like, Okay, I can do this, I can do this, I'm gonna do this for Michael. Um <clears throat> we are then with Michael. And we see the lights in his hospital room start flickering, and we hear the familiar groaning and whispering of the tooth fairy. And as Michael turns in his sleep, he turns into the darkness and we hear him gasp. We then are back with Caitlin, uh, who's making her way back to her brother's bedroom, and we hear a nurse banging on his locked bathroom door. She is um, so Caitlin pretty much takes it into her. The nurse says, "I'm gonna go get security." And Caitlin just takes a fire extinguisher and breaks the lock and we see Michael huddled in the shower and he has a huge cut down his arm. Uh, The next scene is Caitlin meeting with Michael's doctors who are explaining he's having a psychotic break due to his lack of sleep. The doctor explains that their dreams and realities become one and the patient can even harm themselves. The doctor then suggests that they use what's called a sensory deprivation chamber to make Michael face his fears. Uh, I'm already thinking how terribly this is going to go because, as we all know, when doctors try to diagnose evil entities in horror movies, 10 out of 10 times they're wrong and end up dying or, like, damn, I was so wrong. So, basically, what they want to do is put Michael in in a dark-ass chamber for a couple minutes to, uh, basically face his fears and realize that there's nothing actually there. Um, I'm also still really confused. Where are their parents? Um, I'm so confused because she's, like, signing all these forms and all these things for Michael. And, I mean, unless, like, her parents are dead and they like, just signed uh, legal guardianship to her. I don't know. Uh, I, I I don't know. Let me know if I'm missing something, guys. So, anyway, um, we're back with Kyle and it looks uh, like Larry, the lawyer, has bailed him out. Um, we also see that the police have taken all of Kyle's flashlights. They have to send them to the lab for testing. Um... <clears throat> Kyle then leaves leaves the jail and we then follow them both to a hardware store where Kyle is restocking on his flashlights. Um, We are under the assumption that Kyle also steals a gun from the store as well. So it's now a race against time as Kyle is rushing back to the hospital to get to Michael who is now undergoing the Chamber of Darkness test. We see that Kyle is clearly on edge while Larry is talking about how no one ever had a chance with Caitlin because of him. So Kyle is worrying about this crazy, evil, tooth fairy entity, Dementor-looking thing killing everybody in the town. Or killing killing uh, Kyle and Michael. And Larry really only cares about banging Caitlin. Um So that, anyway, we then find out that Larry isn't taking Kyle to the hospital and explains how... Uh, not to worry about Michael because they're putting him in the sensory um, depth tank, which is what I explained before. Uh, It's pretty much the chamber of darkness. Um, Kyle then starts freaking out because they're basically, uh, you know, signing Michael up for his death. Um, We see that they're leaving Darkness Falls because there's a sign that says, no, leaving Darkness Falls. Um, And shortly after that, a cloaked figure runs past the windshield. Uh, Larry swerves and hits a tree, um, and then Kyle flies out of the windshield, and he should have been wearing his seatbelt. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that scene. So obviously the Tooth Fairy is here. Uh, we then see the two are trying to regain composure, and we hear the familiar weird groaning of the Tooth Fairy. And Kyle warns Larry not to look at her, but of course he looks, and she snatches him and swings his body around like a rag doll. Uh, Kyle then jumps back into his car with a huge ass electric lantern and surprisingly the car still works barely there's literally no windshield or or any wood wi- you know the whole front of it smashed in from the tree but the car still works. Um, we then see that Michael and we're in the next scene uh, we then see that Michael is slowly being put into the darkness chamber as Kyle is frantically trying to call the hospital and um, or trying to get to the hospital. He then calls the hospital to warn Caitlyn not to put Michael in the dark. Um, he can't get to Caitlin, so he's on the phone with the nurse and says, Tell Caitlyn not to put Michael in the dark. Um, <clears throat> so the next scene, we see Michael freaking out as the lights are dimmed in the chamber. And we hear the weird groaning noise. Uh, before he is fully submerged in the darkness, Kyle bursts through the doors and tells them to take him out of there so i do remember this scene it's a little bit of an iconic scene when it comes to darkness falls um so as soon as he he's literally the only thing you can see are his eyes and his forehead and the top of his head and everything else um is completely submerged in darkness um and michael bursts into the or i'm sorry kyle bursts into the room just as just they're about to do that and and he basically is like, take him out of there. And Caitlin says, okay, take him out of there. Um, but before, and, and Michael basically is saying like, okay, like we're getting out of here. We're leaving town. But before the three of them can escape, the cops come barging in and they rearrest Kyle. This is a scene I remember when shit is about to go down. Um, so they're back at the police station. Kyle is thrown back into the same holding cell and tries to explain to the cops about what he saw when he was 10. The tooth fairy. Because the cops are kind of just like, you know, now your lawyer's dead and this other, you know, Ray is dead. You have to tell us what's going on because you think that, you know, you're the one killing him. So um, he blamed the tooth fairy for killing his mother. And once someone sees her, she doesn't stop until they are dead. So he's basically saying this story to the cops. They don't believe him. Um, he then challenges the cops and asks how. Um, and asks him how many unsolved child murder cases there have been in the last hundred years. Uh, The cop kind of looks like, like, obviously, like, oh shit, like, is he right? But then he just brushes it off, and we see that a storm is brewing outside, and of course the power shuts off, because that's what happens in horror movies. Um, Kyle then, of course, is bugging out, um, but the backup emergency lights do turn on. We then see that the lights all over town are out as well. Um, The cops and Kyle then hear glass shattering somewhere off in the distance, and Kyle warns them to take a flashlight when they go to investigate. We are now uh, with the cop and his flashlight loses power. He's by himself, by the way. Um, so, and his name is Matt. So we are, um, with him, and his flashlight loses power as he backs into a rack of files. So he's able to get back, to get the flashlight back on, and we hear the eerie growling. And before we can see what happens, we pan back to Kyle, and we hear Matt screaming, and his gun go off. Uh, we then find out that it was nothing. He just got spooked by somebody's dog that was at the police station. I assume it's probably a canine dog. Um, We are now with Kyle, and another cop is taunting him and mocking uh, Kyle with his flashlights, saying like, oh, are you afraid of the dark? Um, We then hear a noise in the darkness, and the cop goes to investigate. And of course, that cop gets immediately snatched by the tooth fairy. And as I said before, it kind of looks like a Dementor, just with a really big cloak, like much, much bigger. Um, She's like queen of the Dementors. (laughs) And now she's basically just picking off the cops one by one as Kyle is screaming and tell them all to stay in the light. And she's basically flying um, for them to shoot the lights so that she can take them all. Um, we then see that Kyle has gotten the keys to unlock himself from the holding cell uh, while the remaining cops are still trying to shoot the Tooth Fairy. So the next scene, we're back with Michael and Caitlin. And she, the Tooth Fairy um, in the previous scene got shot in the face by one of the cops. So she bounces from the police station then she goes to the hospital. Um, I don't know if she can, you know, I assume that she's just flying back and forth between wherever Kyle and Michael are. Um, So we see that Michael is under the bed. He is asking Caitlin to stay under the bed with him. They both hear the whooshing sound of the Tooth Fairy. Um, and then she quickly gets under the bed. She's like, all right, well, we're just going to stay under here then. We then see the quick movements of the Tooth Fairy and the bed flying up and her characters being exposed. They then start running down the hall of the hospital and hide in what appears to be a storage closet. Now, guys, remember, there is no electricity in the town, so the emergency lights are the only things that are working at this time. Um, so we hear the Tooth Fairy is close by and they... Um, book it out of the storage room they find an elevator um and as they're waiting for the elevator we see the tooth fairy is hovering over only a few feet from them um but before she can attack them we see a hand come out of the elevator and pull them inside the hand belongs to kyle who then throws a flare in her direction which causes her to fly backwards the elevator then stops abruptly and the hospital is basically losing power which is why it stops and the tooth fairy smashes on the top of the Elevator breaking the ceiling and causing the lights to break. Caitlin then lights a flare and throws it up at her, causing her to fly away. Uh, while the flare is still lit, Kyle tries to pry open the elevator door with the help of the doctors on the other side. And we then see the tooth fairy in all her glory. And, uh, it's pretty creepy. So, and basically the doctors are like, what the hell is that? Um... So now it's a race to get out of the elevator before it falls. And thankfully, before Kyle gets his entire bottom half chopped off, he is pulled to safety as the elevator drops. We then realize that, unfortunately, the bag of flashlights has also dropped along with the elevator. Uh, Kyle and the rest of them uh, need to book it to the lobby. But in order to do that, they have to stay in the light. And we are made aware from a nurse that the emergency lights will only last another couple minutes. So it's like the doctor, two nurses, and uh, Kyle, Michael, and Caitlin. So we have six people who are trying to get to the lobby to get out of the hospital into a car or at least go get some more flashlights. (laughs) Um, So as they're all trying to get safely to the lobby, they're just dropping like flies. It's kind of like that game when you played when you were younger, when you stayed on the couch cushions, and if you fall off, you fall into the lava. It's kind of the same idea, but the cushions are light and the darkness is the evil Tooth Fairy. <laughs> um, so as the emergency lights are cutting off, the Doctor and Kyle have to jump down the staircase to avoid the darkness. While jumping, the Tooth Fairy almost grabs Kyle, but he slams into the wall and into safely into the lights. Uh, we see the lights start flickering and Caitlin runs back to grab Kyle to save him. The Tooth Fairy is... Literally inches away from them, and we hear her eerily whisper, Kyle. Um, we also see that her mask is broken right by her eye, which is when she got shot by the cops at the police station. Um, just as the last light goes out and the tooth fairy is ready to attack them, we see a car crash or a cop car crash into the hospital with, her, with his high beams on. Uh, we see that it's Matt, which is the same cop from earlier um, as Kyle. Caitlin, Michael, and the Doctor pile in. so there's only four of them left. Um, We then find out that Kyle and the cop are in cahoots and the cop has gotten gas cans and they're headed to the lighthouse, which has a gasoline powered backup system for the town to give the town power, obviously. Um, The Doctor then says, why don't we just stay in the car and keep driving because it's safe, but of course, as soon as he says that, the Tooth Fairy smashes through the side window and snatches him out, and the Doctor's gone. (laughs) Um... She then starts trying to rip the sirens off the top of the cop car. And she's trying to break the rest of the windows. But Caitlin then shines a flashlight directly in her face. Which causes her to fly off into the mist. Um, so they finally make their way safely to the lighthouse. And we see that Kyle and Caitlin have kerosene lamps now. Which which were in the, um, the cop car. Um, they then... <clears throat> they get inside, and Kyle starts putting a few wires back in place, and Kyle and Matt, the cop, put uh, pour gas into the generator. And the Tooth Fairy um, is lurking. She is not far behind, because we can hear her groaning. So they make their way up to the top of the lighthouse and switch on the light. But of course, it only works for a few seconds before turning off because it's a horror movie and nothing ever goes right. (laughs) Um, So, Matt then says it might be a fuel line blockage because uh, not all the power and the gas are getting to the generator. So, Kyle and Matt make their way back down to try and figure out why it isn't working. They then start to smell gas and see there is a leak in one of the lines. So as Kyle is trying to tighten the old rag around the line, both kerosene lamps are getting low. As Kyle is trying to tighten... I already said that. (laughs) Um, Don't mind me, guys. Um, Kyle, seeing the tooth fairy is getting closer, tells the cop to get back in the light, but it is too late. The tooth fairy snatches the cop and Kyle falls backwards along with the kerosene lamp and he is knocked unconscious for a little bit. Also note, guys, his sleeve is now drenched in oil, flammable oil. Don't forget that. Uh, So we are back with uh, Michael and Caitlin as their lamp runs out. Michael then has a glow stick that he grabbed um, from the cop car. He smacks the glow stick, and um, so they're basically illuminated in the green light, and we get a really cool image of the Tooth Fairy flying outside of the window of the lighthouse behind them. Um, they obviously cannot see her. She then starts, she then starts smashing through the windows of the lighthouse and Caitlin tells Michael to jump down under the lighthouse lamp. Um, as she's about to follow, she is snatched by the Tooth Fairy, but Kyle throws his kerosene lamp at her, which explodes all over the Tooth Fairy. Uh, the three are now trying to get closer to the flames, which are on the floor, um, the floor is basically on fire because the whole thing is about to be up and up in flames in a minute. Um, and he's trying to switch on the lighthouse lamp again, <clears throat> um, but the where they are located, it's like under the stairs. Um, the space is too small for Kyle to reach. He then says, "Michael, like you have to do it." So Michael crawls to the switch instead. Um, the tooth fairy is literally inches away from uh, Kyle and Caitlin's face. But Michael is able to hit the switch, it turns on, and somehow uh, the energy from it sucks the Tooth Fairy up towards it. And she just and the light turns on, and she's pretty much engulfed in this light, and she flies away for a minute. Um, they think it's over, but it's a horror movie, so we know this bitch ain't dead yet. Um, she grabs Kyle from behind, lifts him into the air, and as she does... He kicks the big lighthouse light with his foot. It kind of explodes um, a little bit. There's flames. He also rips off the porcelain mask and it shatters on the ground. We then see the Tooth Fairy in her full, nasty, burned flesh glory. Michael seeing that every time the light is on her face, she starts burning a little. So he sticks his oil-soaked arm and sleeve into the broken lamp and sucker punches her. Um, and falls to watch her burn alive and then explode into tiny little million evil entity pieces. Uh, We then see the the three cuddling in the lighthouse before it pans out. Um, So the next scene, we see a father tucking in his son to bed and placing his tooth under his pillow and telling him, the tooth fairy is coming, so don't peek. Um, We then see a shadow, and I have to pause and Google to see if there's a sequel... Uh, Just as I think it's not over, it was the child's mother kissing him goodnight and putting a silver coin where his tooth used to be. And then we get the credits. So guys, afterthoughts. As I said in the beginning, your girl loves this movie. It's definitely a lot more campier and cheesier than I remember, but overall I enjoyed it 15 years later after watching it for the first time. um, So... I want to know, I have questions because I always have questions. You guys know me. Did the three of them live happily ever after? Are they raising Michael as their kid? And guys, for the third time, where are Michael and Caitlin's parents? Did I miss something? Like, are they on vacation somewhere in Europe and can't be reached? Like, uh, I just want to know what's going on. And if I miss it, I'm sorry. If you guys, I don't think that I did but maybe if you guys watched an interview or, or something maybe you could tell me what's going on with the parents um but I do remember being a little bit more scared the first time I saw it but I mean once again I was 15 um and I was watching it in the dark with my brother um but overall I still liked it I still think it's a it's a good horror movie um also, I was reading that they didn't want to show the creature until the end, but the studio didn't like that. So they went bra- uh, back and brought in Stan Winston to make up a completely new Toothberry. Um, so my opinion on that is I think it would have made it a little bit more scarier if we didn't see the creature until the final moments. Um, I think that's why the reason paranormal activity is so scary and the Blair Witch Project is so scary because we didn't see anything until the end And honestly, we didn't even see the demon then. Um, Just, you know, that weird stuff at the end with Kate's face. Weird, messed up face. And um, then the guy just in the corner at the end of the Burr Witch. Spoiler alert! (laughs) Um, So I do have to upload... I'm sorry. I do have to applaud the camera techs and the visual artists for this movie because I was really into the angles and like how the camera would zoom into the light sources throughout the different scenes. And as I said, I really just love the beginning, um, the beginning of the movie when Kyle is when um, young Kyle is in the bathroom, and we see just like the Tooth Fairy just floating above the door frame, and she's just like this huge black mass in the darkness. And then we just see Kyle sitting in the bathtub. I just, I love that scene so much. Like, I could totally pause that and get that framed somewhere. Like, or get it framed. Because I just think it's it's just cool. Such a cool scene. Um, and I really thought the beginning of the movie just had so much promise. Of course, I wish that some of the things were different. Um... You know, like I said, with the creature not really being shown. But then again, you know, it is what it is. It's a movie. I loved it. I respect any, you know, all the time that's put into it. So anyway, bottom line, don't try to be greedy and get money for your teeth because you'll be stocked for the rest of your life. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> that's going to be it for this evening's Horror Nights in, guys. Uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter at uh, Horror Daddies Us. I'm also on Instagram at Crystal CrystalDuh. Uh, I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. And be sure to DM, tweet, or email me what your favorite scary movie is so I can give you my honest and horrific opinion. And thank you so much for listening, guys. And I will see you next weekend. Bye, guys.